Well, today we are going to be looking at what it means to have a strong and solid, solid foundation for our lives. And I think these days people like, um, like super structures and all these cool infrastructures and like, you know, how buildings look on the outside, but they don't really think, we don't always think too much about what it means to prepare a solid um, place to live. And so Jesus um, gives us some really good words about how to build our lives, what it looks like. And it's, it's a little bit different than maybe how we've seen things growing up, but not too much different because he actually uses an example from real life that we could probably relate to. Um, have any of you guys ever been in a, in a house or in a situation, some kind of a structure where, where whoever built it didn't put the time in or, and then, and then there was like a disaster. <laughs> have you ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Jesus knows that for us to have a, a solid foundation for our lives, we actually have to spend the time digging down, not just thinking about how we're going to be built up. You know, people talk about being built up in their faith, but they don't really talk so much about how to dig down deep, what that means to dig down deep and make a solid foundation so that whatever comes, because bad things happen that we can't control. You know, people do bad things to us or, or just, you know, natural disasters can come. And, and that, that is beyond our control for the most part. I mean, we could say, okay, well, yeah, I had a part to play in that, but, but really when you think about it, you know, our, we, our enemy who is Satan is out to destroy our lives all day and then blame us for it too, you know? And he does that in many different ways. But no matter what happens, Jesus wants us to be solid in our foundations so that we're not, so we don't crumple when, when bad things happen. So we, we did uh, the same Bible study at the river front park, um, the river walk on Wednesday. And is it okay, Lorinda, if I share about what you said? So I was asking if anybody had been in a, a place where the foundation wasn't good. And she said, yeah, where I'm living right now, actually the landlord um, said he felt really bad because he made a deck around the house and the deck has collapsed, right? It's sunk. It's, it's going sideways. So it's like tipping. Yeah. I don't know if you saw our, our fence out here in our garden. I think there was a little issue there. It kind of like, and I'm like, I don't think it had, it wasn't, you know, uh, put on the right kind of pillars. Maybe someone didn't know about that, but you know, if you try to put something up quick, oftentimes, you know, my mom has always said, haste makes waste. <laughs> You know, or maybe ignorance, right? But anyway, in this case, he, he admitted, and he said, yeah, I feel bad. I didn't really take the time to put, you know, to put the, the support pillars down into, into cement or something. So then it, boom. So yeah. So Jesus talks about this in chapter six of Luke. So if you want to turn there with me, chapter six of Luke, and in the, the, in the newer, skinnier Bibles, it's um, page 810. And the thicker ones, it's 862. So 810 or 862, depending on if it's thicker or thinner Bible. So 
starting with verse 46. So Jesus says, I'll wait till we get there. Yeah, chapter six of Luke. So Luke six, chapter six, starting with verse 46, where it says, build your house on the rock. Our house is literally built on a rock. It's interesting as we go down the basement, it's just like pure bedrock. So they had to drill in, they had to like, I don't know how they did it, but it is literally built on a rock. So we're right by the Skagit River. And when the river rose, you know, like we had the flooding and it came up to the bottom of that rock. So the fence was down there, the gate, and we had, we had to quick, or I had to quickly get someone to help me put all the sheep up on that rock. They can convince them to walk down the dike because the dike was the only place that was left with no water. Literally, that was going to be filled over. And so the, the other side of the dike, the other side of the river, or you know, where the field was, was all filled in. And the water was just about ready to come in and, and wash over that dike. And so I had to convince those sheep and the llama to follow me down that little skinny piece of grass that was left and up onto this rock. And then this guy named Saul who we knew from Honduras, he helped me quickly throw up a fence on, around that rock. And that's where the sheep and the llama lived for a while until the water subsided. But I know what that feeling is. And the police came to uh, evacuate us, but the place they wanted to evacuate us to was lower, was like at the Rexville grocery or something. And uh, oh, I said, I think I'm higher than the place you want to evacuate us. So I think I'll stay here. I'm on solid rock. I'm not gonna go anywhere in this house. I was so excited. Anyway, that gave that just is a picture for me of, of how my spiritual life should be. So anyway, Jesus says, um, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what that person is like. They are like someone building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do what I say is like the person who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, I'm imagining it was more like a river than a stream. But anyway, when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So what could Jesus be talking about here? He's saying that there, okay, let's, let's back up to look at the, as we say, the context of this, of this um, section, the context of this little story is uh, what comes before and what comes before is that Jesus is speaking with his disciples. Okay, so he must still be speaking to his disciples because he's continuing what he started up in verse uh, 20. And he's saying, blessed are you when that, you know, when people, you know, speak evil against you or abuse you or persecute you or when you're sad or when you're hungry, you know, for my sake. And, and then he says um, these other things. He says, um, I say to you who hear, love your enemies, 
do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Um, and he goes on and says, give to anybody who begs. If someone takes something away, don't demand it back and do to other people what you wish they would do to you. And he says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is it to you? Even sinners love those who love you and, and so forth. But he just says, if you lend to those who you expect to get back from, what credit is that to you? He says, but love your enemies and do good and expect nothing in return and your reward will be great. And it says, be merciful, even as your father is merciful and don't judge. And he goes on. So that's the context. He's, he's giving them like instructions. He's giving them like their discipleship manual, just verbally. He's saying, this is, this is how your life should be. And basically he's an example, right? Of all that stuff that he's telling them because he was kind to those who were horrible to him. I mean, he ended up giving his life for them, right? He, he gave to people who don't, didn't deserve and so forth. And he was asking his disciples to do that as well. But apparently there were some disciples that would call him Lord, but not follow um, you know, his example. So that's why he's saying, why do you? So some of you, some of the disciples and some of us, I think, could be you know on a bad day even i mean i think we're kind of a mix i mean we can be disciples that do what he says and then the next day we don't do what he says right i don't think it's either one or the other so maybe he's talking about you all i don't know i didn't look in the grid to see if it's you all but that would be interesting to find out if it was but he says why do you call me lord lord and not do what i tell you so what did he tell them to do just from what we've seen. Does this clear it up what he was telling them to do? What was he telling them to do? Right, to do what he heard them saying. And of course that was backed up by his own life, right? His own actions. So we can we can call Jesus Lord, you know, like we say that we're that we live under his lordship or under his leadership but then we don't really do what he asks us to do right and so then he continues on and says um and everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them i will show you what they're like so like what what the ideal disciple looks like what jesus would love for us to to aim for with his help is that number one, we come to him, right? So it says, anyone who comes to me, so that's number one, come to Jesus, hear my words. So there's a coming to him, a hearing his words, like being there, showing up and you know, desiring to hear from him. And then, oh, sorry. Yeah, my Bible's blocking inside. And then um, doing what Jesus said. So let's say that again. So what's the first thing? Coming to Jesus. Hearing, yeah, listening and doing. Yeah. Uh -huh. Listening actually in that in that sense has a meaning of obeying. Like listen and obey. In, in Hebrew, anyway, it's the same thing. If you listen, then you will obey. That's kind of cool, huh? So let's say it again. So what is Jesus? 
what are the steps to doing what he says? First, we have to come to Jesus, listen, and do what he says. That's right. Obey what he says. Do what he says. Okay? And that's how we get a good foundation for our lives. So he's comparing us to like a house, right? And is our house, is, this, is, our, is our foundation solid? What happens to, what happens to you when, when something really terrible happens, when you lose someone you love or somebody does you really wrong? What happens to your, to your house? What happens to your life? Do you crumble? Do you fall over? Do you get washed out to sea? Are you done? Or is your house gonna stand even though it's a disaster? Even though a disaster is hitting on all sides, you know? Different things can be like these storms, you know? Jesus calms the storm because, and that's a picture of the fact that we are in storms. If we're following Jesus, we're gonna, can someone open the door for a sec to get some air? Thanks. Um, yeah. Just a little. Oh, is it too smoky? If it's too smoky, actually, I think the smoke kind of blew away a bit, didn't it? If it smells bad, you can close it. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the, Jesus wants to prepare us. It's not like he's shaking his finger and saying, you are bad disciples if you don't listen and do what I say. Like, you know, obey your mom and dad kind of thing. It's like, this is for your, this is for your own good. Like, this is what parents tell their children, you know, think about what is going to make a good foundation for your life. And it's not to judge. You know, we encourage our, our friends to, you know, if, we're, if they're kind of going off in a wrong direction or they're coming to Jesus, but they're not really doing what he says, they can, then when, when a bad thing happens, comes along or, or like, you know, calamity, like economic, you know, struggle, or you lose your job, or you lose your house, or you lose your partner, or anything, you can just like collapse over. So he's preparing us because he loves us. So I think there's two ways to mess up on this. We talked about coming to Jesus, hearing him, and then doing what he says. But see that the order is important, right? Some of us jump to step three, which is doing good things, and doing the things we think are good, like social justice. I'm not saying that's bad, but we jump to whatever good thing you know, we think we should do, regardless of whether or not Jesus actually asked us to do it. I mean, our whole lives, we've done a lot of things that, I, that were great, you know, putting in water projects and this and that and the other. I'm not saying they were bad things. And I think some of those things we are meant to do, but I also think we did a whole lot of stuff that was still good stuff, but Jesus didn't ask us to do it. And you can wear yourself out. And that's one way that the enemy wears us out is by doing good stuff, a lot of good stuff. But is that really what specifically Jesus has asked you to do for that day? And so it's, some of us jump too quickly to action before actually coming to Jesus and hearing him that, that day, right? And some of us, or maybe all of us do kind of a mix. Um, some of us struggle with, um, well, we, we come to Jesus and we listen, but then we don't do what he says. So either way, you know, there's a certain order that he's talking about here that's important. 
So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Anybody? Does this? Does this? Um, do you have any questions, or does it bring up any any kind of new ideas, light bulbs that go off in your head? Yes, Lisa. Um, talk loud. Okay, I'll talk loud. <laughs> There's been times in my life where something has happened, a calamity or uh, a crisis, and at that moment, I realized that I didn't have a strong foundation. Maybe. I had a strong foundation in Jesus in other ways, but there were things that I was relying on myself for and not God. And I really found that even though my foundation wasn't strong, when I cried out to God in that place with my deck falling or my, you know, not really, but you know, my house crashing on the on the sand, um, God was merciful and strengthened me right at that moment. It's not like all hope was lost because I didn't have that foundation, but um, it really opened my eyes and showed me where I could trust more. And God was merciful in that moment that I didn't get swept away. That is such an important thing to add to this whole conversation is that, you know, a piece of our house can get like a window can get blown, blown into, cracked off or you know, our deck, part of our deck can go flying off. And I don't think Jesus says, well, I told you so. I don't think he's like that. I think he's like what Lisa said. He's like, I want to help you come to me. It's not too late to come to me still. Yeah. You didn't miss it. I mean, come on, you can still come to me. Even when we feel like we're desperate and we, we messed up, there's, it's never too late, you know? And Jesus thankfully is a very present help. When we have our lives all together, no, I'm just kidding. No, that's not what that scripture says. He's a very present help when in a time of perfection. No, in a time of need. Need is not perfection. Need is not. Um, I did everything right. Need is need. Like I need God because I can't do this. I'm weak. Right. A time of need. That's when, I mean, he's a savior. We need him every hour. You know that I love, I keep telling you my favorite song, one of my very favorite songs has this line that says, oh Lord God, oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, one defense, my righteousness. Oh Lord God, I need you. He is what makes me right. And in Psalm 23, it says, you lead me on right paths or paths of righteousness but basically just means you lead me on the right path you know though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i don't have to be afraid though i'm being hit on all sides i can have an overflowing cup though i'm scared though i i'm afraid he can allow me to lay down where i don't feel like i'm going to be preyed upon in you know calm green pastures and i can have you know life-giving waters to drink from and he'll restore my soul when we flip out because of something that happened a calamity we can be sure that jesus will restore our soul what's our soul our mind our will our emotions our mind our will our emotions it's not our spirit that's something else the spirit is what's the god breathed part of us the spirit that's come you know that that the holy spirit inspires that's our spirit but our soul 
is different. And that's why sometimes we have to take authority over our soul because we freak out. Our mind freaks out. We get things all messed up. We get things wrong. We, we start to think so negatively. We start spiraling, spiraling down. We also, with our emotions, we, we kind of lose it. We, we're unstable. And our will, we just, we don't have any willpower sometimes. We just cannot not do the thing that we don't want to do. Like Paul says, I do the thing that I don't want to do. Our will is weak. So our soul needs to be strong, strengthened. He helps us. He restores our soul. That's right. He restores it. He strengthens it. That's good news. When we freak out, he will. But we need to come to him. Come to him. Don't. I mean, we can go to other people and get help. That's really good. Sometimes we need those people for our brothers and sisters so they can help guide us back to Jesus. They're not our salvation. Jesus is our salvation, but we need to come back to Jesus every time and hear him. Spend some time listening before we take our next step. So easy to jump into action. I'm a person of action. I like to just take action all the time. And I see a situation and I take action. And I forget, you know, it's just like when you, you're going to go help someone, you get in the car, you're driving, you're going to go save them from whatever thing. And you realize you had no gas in your car and you're going to run out because there's no gas station. Like, you know, we have to like check first, check and make sure, pause and reflect and ask Jesus, okay, help me with these steps. I'm freaking out here. What do I need to know from you? So why don't we just take a minute and ask God, is there anything right now that you want to restore in us? Do you, in what, what part of our soul, what our mind or our will or emotions, what do you want to restore so that we can build our, our foundation strong by, by doing what you say so that when these things happen, we can, we can not freak out. So let's just take a minute and let the Holy Spirit show you if there's something that you need to ask God to help you with, come to Jesus for. And let's just ask him for his help. Jesus, we're sorry for just letting our emotions take over because we're so afraid and so anxious. But Jesus, you remind us, don't be anxious for anything. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Is that possible? Can we actually do that on a bad day? Or is that just for good days? Jesus, I'm pretty sure that's for the bad days too. That we don't, that we don't let our hearts be troubled. We don't let our hearts be troubled. We just protect our hearts by coming to you. So right now we come to you and we ask for your help to restore us, to put us back on the right path in our worries. We give you our worries right now, our biggest worries, because we know that you care for us. If you care about the birds, how much more do you care about us? And we just commit these, these worries of our hearts that are so heavy, whether it be our health, whether it be our finances, whether it be our relationships. And we just thank you that you are the savior that we can trust. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.